Hey everyone, what's up, what's happening? Welcome back to the Calcio is Back podcast. Ciao to anyone listening over in Italy. Really appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Um, it's going to be me and Jake on the pod talking about uh, the most recent match week in Serie A. It is currently uh, the last day of January, so the transfer window is also uh, wrapping up here. So we're going to go over that. Um, you know, In a couple moments, we'll start with Roma. But first off, Jake, I'll kick it over to you. How you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm good. Pretty pivotal week. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get into everything. A good a good week of Serie A. Um, good week for Roma, I'll say. You know, the game wasn't spectacular, but uh, transfer side of things, uh, very good, very big day. Um, transfer deadline, I believe, is over. Teams could get uh, some light minute things done if there is while we're recording. We'll obviously let you guys know there is a Roma thing that could potentially go down within the next hour. So. Obviously, keep you guys posted if we are recording, but uh, yeah, excited to break it all down. Very, very exciting stuff. This is uh, this is why we do it. Yeah, these are the 48 hours of the year where uh, Fabrizio Romano isn't getting any sleep with all the reporting. Um, tons of Roma news. Roma have definitely been one of the two biggest kind of active movers within the marketplace in Serie A, as you see teams like Juventus who were able to make a transfer today, kind of stay quiet, Inter staying quiet, AC Milan did most of their business in the summer, but we'll start with Roma, and we're going to hang with Roma for a little bit uh, here. So there's two approaches. We could talk about the transfers first, or we could talk about the most recent game in an effort to keep consistent with the chronology of the past couple days. Jake, do you mind start if I start us off with the game here? Yeah, let's do the game. It makes more sense. Perfect. So Roma won a two-one game over Salernitana. Um, this was definitely an interesting game. It more mirrored a longer version of the second half of Daniele De Rossi's first game at the club, uh, where Roma did struggle defensively in the first half. It was kind of a back-and-forth game, which you know Salernitana is bottom of the table within the league. Um, they don't create much offense. They're good for a sucker punch and a tie every now and then, which they did to Roma earlier in the season. However. Uh, this is a team that Roma should be steamrolling. There was a little bit of kind of a feeling like if Mourinho was in charge, this would have been a pretty easy win. But, you know, De Rossi continues his style of playing a bit more open, uh, going forward a little bit more. The defense suffered a little bit, but the offense looked more free-flowing and good. Another game will up where El Shirawe and Pellegrini were cooking up. Dybala scored a goal. El, uh, Pellegrini scored the second and for the third time under Daniela De Rossi, Roma wins 2-1. to one. Um, All three games ended 2-1. to one. But, Jake, I'll kick it over to you. Well, what's your opinion on this one? Yeah, so I wasn't able to catch this one. But from what I, you know, watched highlight-wise and from what I read, um, you know, sloppy, sloppy game. Um, you know, they did get the win, which I guess is the most important thing. We are now 3-0 and in the De Rossi era. Um you know, I, I think Sauron Atania is better than what the record shows. I think they're, they've looked good the past couple of weeks under Inzaghi. Um, you know, I don't think they deserve to be in last, but they are. But um, a bit sloppy. Um, you know, some players were embarrassing. But, um, you know, I think it'll change. Uh, De Rossi hasn't had a full week to train these guys. Um, you know, he obviously won the first game, and then he had to go to Saudi Arabia and back and only had two days to train. So, this week's pretty big for him, obviously. Um, but some of the, I, you know, I expect some of these players don't fit this system as well um, as it could. Um, so it was just sloppy, and they did get the win, but, um, you know, I don't think they deserved it. But, you know, we'll take that. We're in fifth right now. I'm not going to complain about that. I thought they did deserve it in some ways. I mean, the team isn't 
where it needs to be, and we're going to be able to highlight some areas of improvement that are going to come pretty quickly as a turnaround here. Um, you know, DeRossi's definitely shown some improvement towards players like Pellegrini and El Chirale. Dybala has a lot less pressure on his shoulders to carry the team. But they have wingbacks who aren't quite what you're looking for in terms of wingbacks, and they've already made changes to that, as well as you have a bunch of older legs up front. Um, I thought the midfield was fine on the day, but the kind of attacking midfielders could have created a lot more pressure, but we'll add to, you know, the players coming in there and who's going to get the goals going forward. But before we get into the transfer business by Roma, uh, let's go through our player ratings for this game. Starting off with Rui Patricio, as we always do. I give him a 4 out of 10. Um, utterly unspectacular. He he was fine on the day. Um, you know, he let one goal in, but it wasn't the end of the world. And Rui, you know, it wasn't really his fault, the goal, but I'll give him a, I'll give him a 4 out of 10. Just not really feeling either way strongly or strong enough to give him the benefit of the doubt and say it was a good game. Yeah, I'm giving him a three. Um, again, a goal that shouldn't have gone in. Um, he's not he's not a good distributor either. Um, I really would like to give Svilar a chance. De Rossi, before the game, talked about how good Rui's been and how he deserves to start. And then after the game, he's like, eh, we'll have to look at his mistakes and go from there. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens next game. I would like to see uh, Svilar play, but uh, if not, hopefully Rui just kind of puts together a good performance. Yeah, I mean, it's the writing's on the wall for Rui. It's probably going to be done for him after this season uh, where they'll finally bring in a goalie. But I think Rui is enough of a quality goalie to maybe get them to the Champions League. But definitely, you know, I feel a little bit better than him with him than Svilar just because I'm confident in Rui after based on his career sample size. But Svilar definitely deserves a chance before they go out and buy an expensive keeper in the summer. Uh, to talk about the back line, we could start with the fullbacks. Uh, Christensen, he stinks. I I give him a four and a half out of ten. He fell asleep on the goal, um, you know, against First Lord Natarnia. I just think this guy stinks. They replaced him in the week, and I think very quickly he's going to be the second or third choice on the depth chart in terms of wingbacks um, if we're going to continue playing four at the back. And then to talk about the other wingback, Karsdorp, I give him a seven and a half out of ten. I thought his performance was fine. I think he was able to get an assist on the night, so that's bumped him up a little bit there. But pretty quiet game from Karsdorp, so I'll give him a seven and a half out of ten. But Jake, I'll kick it over to you for your rankings on the ratings of the fullbacks. Yeah, Christensen gets a two. Um, just awful. Um, you shouldn't play again. We'll talk about why. Um, because we got a player that will fill his role. Um, I saw. So I was watching uh, the YouTube compilation of. You know, the player we acquired today and someone in the comments in Italian said, I wouldn't trust Christensen to be my shoemaker. And I was dying laughing. <laughs> um, that's how bad he is, folks. He's he's pretty terrible. I don't want to see him play again. Uh, it doesn't look like his loan's going to be terminated. So he just has to kind of get it together. Uh, he's, you know, he's normally right back and they've been using him at left back and center back. I understand Spinozolo is out, but, you know, play anyone else. Um Karsdorp, I give him an eight. Um, the assist was wonderful. That was that was world that was a world class assist. Um, was accurate in his passing. Other than that, didn't do anything too crazy. But you know, played a, two two pretty good games in a row. So um, I'll give him an eight. Yep, good performance by Karsdorp. Uh, to talk about the center backs, I give them both six and a half off the across the board. Lorente and Mancini. 
Um, they aren't the proper players for this system, but they're doing the best they can. Um, you know, more so or, or Mancini's putting in the effort, but he's trying to kind of play that more of a structured game where Mourinho had him as kind of like the attack dog at the back. Um, I thought they were both fine on the game. They could have done more to prevent the goal, but it was Christensen's man who had like an easy tap in. Uh, but, you know, too many chances against nothing spectacular. So six and a half out of 10 on my end. So I'm going to give uh, Lorente a seven and a half, and I'm going to give Lorente a, a, Lorente a seven and a half, Mancini a seven. I thought passing the ball, Lorente was played very safe, 95%, 100 accurate passes. Um, he just played well. I believe this is the anniversary since he's been a Rome player. He put out a little statement of how happy he is to be here, and I think he's been really good and hopefully continues to put in these performances. Mancini not as good, but he did come back from suspension. And, um, you know, he'll continue to do what Mancini does. Um, so no complaints about him. I mean, the goal was really pretty much on Christensen. So I'm, I'm not mad about it at all. Yeah, no, the back line's fine. It's only going to get better as Indica comes back. Um, to talk about the midfield now, it was Eduardo Bove, uh, Brian Crisante, and Lorenzo Pellegrini. Uh, my rankings across the board were Bove. I gave a seven. I thought he was pretty good this game. A little less good than the Hellas game. I think he took, like, not a step backward visibly, but I thought he was fine on the night, so I gave Bove a seven out of ten. Uh, Crisante, I give a seven and a half out of ten. Quiet Crisante game, but he did generate the handball that led to the Dybala goal. So that bumps him up from like a six and a half to a seven and a half in my end. Um, and then Lorenzo Pellegrini, I gave him my man of the match. I gave him a nine out of ten. Performance of a captain, you know, really good game by Pellegrini. And I think I think Rossi's turning him around and, you know, saying him straight after all those kind of years in the wilderness under Mourinho. But Jake, without further ado, I'll kick it over to you for the midfield. You're not as good of a game for Bove. Not bad by any means, but, you know, he was fine. Uh, he gets a six from me. Um you know, just wasn't as good, and, and you know, he'll have games like that. He's 21 years old. Or something gets a seven. I thought he was a very calm presence in the midfield. Good kind of replacement for Paredes, but I do think this system kind of benefits Paredes more. So we'll see who kind of edges out the battle there. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, I was very happy with the Cristante performance there. And Pellegrini gets an eight, two two straight goals um, in two games. Um you know, this is a chance he couldn't have missed, but um, other than that, he played very well. Um, 86% accurate passes. Um, you know, he was just good moving the ball. Um, and, yeah, good goal, so I'll give him an 8. Yep, and then going forward, the attack, uh, Stefan Elshiraway, Paulo Dybala, Romelu Lukaku, Jake. I'll let you go first with your ratings here, and then I'll piggyback off those. Yeah, I'm giving Lukaku a five. Uh, you know, I I thought he was wasn't inspiring at all. I uh, didn't get too much service, but when he had the ball, um, didn't do much with it. Um, it'll happen. Uh, Got to bounce back. Um, but you know, wasn't wasn't really pleased at all. Um, El Shah uh, gets another start. Um, I thought he was good. Not as good, obviously, as the two assists from last week, but I thought he was good. I'm I'm giving him a seven. Um, again. Good passing and moving the ball up, which is what he was supposed to do. Good 78 minutes from him. And Paolo, uh, I'm going to give him a seven as well. Stayed healthy, which obviously is the most important thing. The second most important thing is he converted the penalty to put them up 1-0. Um, you know, he was Paolo Dybala. Um, and hopefully he stays healthy. Um, I, really do, I really do think this, this kind of system is going to benefit his health a lot more than people realize. 
Um, so yeah, I was happy with everyone, but Rom, uh, pretty much. Yeah, I'm a little more friendly to the attack. I, I didn't think it was terrible on the night, but, you know, they still lack chemistry, the three of them. Um, to start off El Chirawe, I give like a seven and a half. I think another vintage El Shah game where he was cooking at points. Could have been better, but it's fine. Uh, Dybala, I also gave a seven and a half too. He got the goal, but he didn't really do much. Um, so this is my one good goal can change your life. Uh, foot mob meme here, but good on Dybala to get the goal. And he also didn't get injured, so that's good. And then Romelu Lukaku's decent game for a striker. Didn't get a goal. Didn't really set anything too much up. So six and a half out of ten for Lukaku. Uh, to go over the bench, it was Alwar, Zaleski, and Houston. Um, first off, I give Alwar six and a half out of ten. I thought he looked pretty good since he came on. Uh, he played a little bit forward for Dybala towards the end of the game, and I thought he was really good. Uh, Zaleski still hasn't impressed me under Jirasi or at all this season. I give him a five and a half out of ten. I just I don't know what's going on with him. Um, even in this more familiar role to what he's playing with the national team, he isn't doing too much. And then Houston came on at the very end, didn't do too much. I give him a five out of ten. Yeah, Akwar Algeria mentioned. Um, I'll give him a six. Happy to see him back. Um, hopefully we can see the kind of form we saw at the beginning of the year. Um, so I'll give him a six. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, there are a lot of midfield options that we can run. So the potential that excites me. We'll kind of talk about the future of Roma here in a little bit. <clears throat> Zaleski, I'm giving a four. Uh, another dreadful 20-minute cameo, or I guess 12-minute cameo. Um, but it was interesting. They used him attack again. It's clear that they do like him, that he's part of the future core, but they want him to be an attacker, and, you know, he's going to have to start putting it together eventually. He is still young, though. He is um, 22 years old. He'll get it together, but uh, wasn't wasn't today. And uh, huge sin, um, you know, he played two minutes, so uh, nothing really to say. Yeah, and that's kind of like, you know, Zaleski can be a core piece of the puzzle as Roma try to get cheaper in the next couple transfer windows, try to get a little bit smarter with their squad building rather than just throw a ton of money at free agents. Um, but, you know, for being one of the younger guys in the squad compared to Bove and then the new guy we're about to talk about in a moment, he's probably the third most impressive and crucial to the project. But um, we'll get into the big news of the day. Tommaso Baldini, um, Baldanzi, Baldanzi, sorry, uh, Tommaso Baldanzi uh, signs for Roma from Empoli, 20-year-old prodigy coming across the country. Um, this is huge. This is giving me Roma signs Zaniolo vibes. I mean, it's a little bit more money. It's going to be 13 million, I believe, at the end of or 13 million up front and then 2 million uh, at the end of a loan period is our obligation to buy him. But, you know, this is the kind of player that they wanted. Tiago Pinto has underwhelmed in a lot of his recruitment for the past few years, but he might have made his one of his best signings on the final days as Roma now have a core piece of the puzzle going forward. And this is really exciting stuff. I mean, this kid's on the national team's radar. He's been playing for, I believe, the, keep me honest here, Jake, in a moment, but the U21s for the national team, as well as, you know, he's playing a key role at Empoli at a very young age. And as a squad player, this is definitely a transfer you make every, like, this would be a transfer that I knew if Roma hadn't finished in this window. Um, Juventus or Inter would have got him in the summer, similar to David Fratese. Uh, but what a what a piece of business here for the club. And Jake, I'll kick it over to you to give your uh, Baldanzi thoughts. Yeah, when I was watching the U21s um, or U20s, um, you know, I believe it was like November 
one of the guys that impressed me was was Tommaso Baldanzi. Um, I think he's one of the most promising midfielders that Italy have in the U21s that haven't had a, really had a chance to shine yet. Um, you know, you look at his stats, um, you know, the more casual fan will look at his stats and say, like, oh, he has two goals this year in 14 games. Why is everyone freaking out? He's only 20 years old, playing for an Empoli team that's, you know, not very good. They're in the relegation zone. This guy is one of the more promising guys in uh, in Serie A. He, you know, he really is Dybala 2.0. I was watching his uh, compilation today, um, and I was I was very impressed. Very quick feet, incredible dribbler. You know, the technicality of this player is is very good. Um, something that's really going to work. In a 4-2-3-1 next to Bove or wherever he plays. And like I said, he's only 20 years old. He's going to get better and better. I think this is a slam dunk signing for $10 million. And we actually sign him. Like this, usually when we talk about Roma, it's, oh, it's a loan uh, with an option to buy. No, no, no. They've actually signed him. Um, contracts for five years. This is a guy who's going to be a huge part of the core. Um, again, a, again, a very, very promising player. Um, you know, we beat Empoli seven nothing, and uh, I guess he wasn't in that game. Tommaso Baldanzi. So I think that's why they lost seven nothing. If he played, it probably would have lost. I'm I'm kidding. But you know, this is a spectacular player. If you guys haven't watched um, you know, the compilation yet, please do. I mean, I I was so moved. Um, very good passer as well, and you know, he scored against Juventus last week. Um, kind of his last uh, moment for Empoli uh, helped us out a little bit. He, well, not helped us out, but I'm always going to be happy about a uh, Juventus uh, draw. Um, and shout out to Tiago Pinto. You know, I'll, I'll say that right now. Um, it was known about two months ago that he would not be here uh, after the window. Uh, he could have just done nothing and left. He got us um, someone we'll get into. He got rid of a few players and he got us this tremendous talent. So, Shout out to him. You know, I didn't love him in his tenure, but maybe I was too harsh on him. What a way to end the Tiago Pinto era. And I'm I'm just very happy. Um, this whole thing kind of happened very quickly. So I was very impressed watching him, and I can't wait to watch him um, in a Roma shirt. Yeah, he's a good young talent, and he's definitely going to add to the core. Um, you can see a very clear fit here in the left kind of attacking midfield role if we keep him the current system to play and split time with El Sarawe as we come down the stretch here in the season. Um, he says he models his game off Paulo Dybala, and some of the early or comparisons have been Papu Gomez from uh, Atalanta. You sign up for that every day of the week. Um, very excited to see what he's able to do coming forward. Very Italian name, Tommaso Baldanzi. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he's able to do in the next couple of months. Um, not going to overjudge the transfer, like not expecting immediate impact. Uh, this is a part of a longer project uh, that the next sporting director will take on and the next coach will take on. But hopefully De Rossi is able to give him some game time before the end of the season. He would become, I believe, the youngest player in the squad, him and Bove, uh, and then Zaleski after that. But Finally, Roma owns a good young player, and if they ever need to sell him, they can, you know, sell him and not have to deal with layers of, you know, trash like they have with all the loanies they're trying to get out of there right now. Uh, but next up, we can go into the other incoming, um, Angelino. So Roma have officially signed on loan for the rest of the season Angelino. He was playing at Galatasaray. 
in Turkey. He's done previous stints, a really good stint at Red Bull Leipzig, a really mediocre stint at Manchester City in a year that they were depleted. Uh, he spent some time at my New York City football club, and he's he's pretty good, pretty good player. I mean, I think for the level of Serie A that he's going to be expected to compete at, he's going to be fine. I think this is probably the um, the Rasmus Christensen replacement through the end of the year, and if he's good enough, he'll get that $5 million fee, and we'll be able to bring him in. 27-year-old left back. Um, excited to see what he's able to do as he kind of continues his trot around the globe here. But, Jake, I'll kick it over to you for Annalena. Yeah, um, you know, I I really like this. I You know, it's not a signing, but it's a $5 million loan option or, or uh, option to buy after the loan. So um, I was very happy about this. This guy should be the left back, um, even when Spinozola is back. Christensen should not see, you know, shouldn't see, you know, minutes again. Uh, this guy's a guy who can cross it into the box. Uh, again, a very quick dribbler. Um He's an actual left back. I think I think he's solid. Didn't really work out at Galatasaray, but you know I'm not really putting too much stock into that. Um, very good crossing. He's not very good at defending, but hopefully you know the center backs kind of bail him out if needed because every fullback we have isn't good at attacking or defending. So he's good at attacking. I'm really not going to complain. Um, 0.23 assists per 90, which is in the 92nd percentile. Um, just a guy who creates a lot, um, which is really what they need. Um, you know, probably one of their biggest needs right now is a fullback who can create uh, opportunities for them. Um, Lukaku better be ready to kind of head some of these balls in because this guy is a very good crosser. Again, hasn't really been good for Galatasaray this season. Last year at Hoffenheim, which they, they weren't great, but got eight assists last year. Uh, before that, two goals and five assists for Leipzig, four goals and four assists for Leipzig. Um, if you go all the way back to the PSV days, one goal and nine assists. I mean, this is. He's only 27. We're not signing a 35-year-old fullback. This guy's 27. All right, so you're going to evaluate him until June, right? If he's not good enough, okay, you return him back to Leipzig because now he's done with Galatasaray. If he's good enough, you know, if he's a good enough fullback for five, I, I think he can be good enough for five million to the point where you can bring him back, get Spinozola out. This guy could be the left back next year. I'm very happy. I hope it works out because this is a guy who I'm really excited about um, just because of the traits he brings on the field. Um, so I'm excited. This is another move I was very happy to, to get done. And uh, hopefully he starts on by Monday again, right? This is three straight yep, Mondays. We're back to Mondays, three straight Mondays. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's it's a weird one. I mean, it seems like Galatasaray only used him for big games. He only really played in the Champions League for them um, after starting the year off pretty strong in the Superliga. So not going to not gonna lie, not going to say I watched Galatasaray games, but he did play against Manchester United, Copenhagen, and Bayern in the past couple months, putting good shifts against them. Uh, we, we'll see where he lands. Historically, he does have some attitude problems, but we'll, we'll see where he goes with that, and I'm excited to have him in the squad. Now we go to the outgoings here. First off, ode to the chicken man. See um, <laughs> Andrea Bellotti. Uh, he leaves Roma. You know, very underwhelming tenure. He's been loaned out right. to Fior- or Fiorentina, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, their current issues, but in two years with Roma, he scores four goals in the league. Um, yeah, just not good. 
just not good enough. I mean, I, I, I don't really know what to say. Uh, his career fell off really brutally towards the end. He's only 30 years old. He's a young 30-year-old. So it's like, you know, this guy should have some miles on the tires, and maybe Vincenzo Italiano gets it out of him. Great work, great player, but, you know, the finishing was never there at Roma, and he was never the dynamic goal scorer we saw for all those years at Torino. So it's it's disappointing for Chicken Man, but, um, you know, this is kind of the end here. Um, yeah, failure of a signing. I know it was a, it was a free transfer, so, you know. But at the time, this was a very good move for Roma uh, in August. You know, they got a guy who has 100 Serie A goals to his name, on a free transfer to help out Tammy Abraham. Um, that's crazy to think about last year. What a, what a year. Um, he got zero league goals last year from a guy who had a hundred coming in, had zero last year. Um, this is a guy who was just very, very bad this year. He was better. Great start to the year. Uh, six goals and two assists in all comps. You know, you obviously had that first game where he got two goals and almost had a third. Um, but you know, a few weeks, uh, last week he had the worst cameo I've ever seen. I really didn't think this was coming. This came pretty fast, but it makes sense. I'll shut up about Roma for a second. Fiorentina needs a striker more than anything else right now. Could Andrea Bellotti turn it around? He could. I think Fiorentina is a good spot for him. It's only a loan, so, you know, we're not done with the chicken man, but was it a loan to buy? Was it? Um, no. It's no, not. it wasn't. It's, it's just okay, a straight so. loan, but they can renegotiate in the summer. I also think his Roma contract's winding down. Um, it would only be a year left. They needed they needed two outgoings to do the Boldanzi thing, and Renato Sanchez is a cunt uh, who didn't want to leave, so they kind of had to make a decision. So I get it. Um, if he comes back, um, you know, I, I won't be against it just because I think he can turn it around and he's a solid backup. But um, now they have two strikers on the roster. Um it's it's right now. I mean, I guess right now it's one because Asmoon's uh, in Iran. They advanced today, but when he's back, it's two until Tammy Abraham's back. Which in this move makes you think Tammy must be close. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was just gonna bring that up. You so got, that's you, that's you, the you good thing. Yeah. It, like to get into this, like either he's going Belotti's gonna go back to Fiorentina. He's gonna regain some form, maybe finish the year with five or six goals, and we keep him as a third option next year. Or the more likely scenario is if he flops out over there, he's going to go play in Serie B or play for a newly promoted side. But I'll let you talk about Tammy for a moment here. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, or they just think Joel Costa is a uh, guy who can contribute, which I don't think is the case. I just think Tammy, Tammy will be right. He's been training on his own, I believe, for a while. Um, He's not in group training yet, so he's not close. But maybe in February, mid-February, March, he can come back. That would be big if he can get it going. I, I don't think Lukaku comes back. I really don't. I think it's out of their range, and I think they're just going to try and get a younger striker. But uh, for this year, I mean, if those two and, you know, Asmoon, uh, regardless of my opinion on him, uh, get it together, uh, they should be pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, can't say I'll miss Bilotti for now. Uh, if he turns it around and, you know, can be better, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, no, and I think Tammy's a good transfer into our next guy here. Uh, look, the Roma's biggest problem under Pinto was they loaned a lot um, and they don't own much. They do still own Bolotti for one year. 
you're probably going to have to sell him in the summer for four or five million, which, you know, he's a free transfer, so that's fine. His wages are definitely too high for what he's bringing, but maybe he'll want to play in some Serie B level. You don't own Romelu Lukaku. That's a $50 million player that you're renting. You're renting a Ferrari there. Okay, how do you how do you take that Ferrari and kind of rebalance the value on a loan? Um, so what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to play Tammy Abraham a lot in the second half of the season. You're going to hope that he's able to score some goals, play well with Lukaku, maybe switch this to like two up front with Dybala centering those two, um, and just hope that the goals fly in for Tammy and hope to sell him this summer because Asmund's not doing much. I mean, I know Jake hates him a lot more than I do. Um, he's harmless. Like, he's not good. He's just striker depth. El Shirawe can play up top. They'll figure it out. I don't think this breaks the camel's back at all, but Belotti was the second-choice striker for most of the season. He did put in some good shifts this year, so I have no ill will towards him. It just wound up not working, and uh, that's fine. It's not like we paid $50 million for him like Tammy and, and aren't going to get much back. Um, but yeah, that's it on Belotti. Uh, to talk about kind of the quicker one, uh, Kambula, who we haven't seen in a year since he tours ACL, he's going to go to Sassuolo on a loan. Uh, they need center back help. He looks like a good fit there. Um, I was very out on Kambula as of last year. I don't like the player that much, but you know, if he's able to regain some form and be a part of this Roma project long term, maybe maybe he does that. The loan isn't finalized yet. There might be a buyback on the option, or there might be a, a sell-on clause. Or what am I trying to say here? Uh, loan to buy. So we'll see about that. But, you know, Kambula, good soldier. Played too many games under Mourinho. But I think this is kind of, you know, either I'll get something at Sassuolo or we'll flip him again in the summer. Yeah. Um, you know, still young, still 24. So hopefully he just gets game time at Sassuolo. Maybe it could be a depth guy next year if they don't get Morente back. Um, nothing very much to say. They had to get another departure for Baldanzi. Um, so nothing really to say. Uh, hope, hopefully he uh, performs well and stays healthy. That's all I can really say. He was very expensive for Roma when we first got him. I'm just trying to get his actual price. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I don't have his price on me on the moment, but I know that he cost a lot, and he also his contracts a lot, so hopefully we can move off of him, but... It's going to be fine. Um, good luck to Kambula in his next endeavor, and good luck to Belotia Fiorentina. We'll see them soon. Uh, Jake, before we go into the last week's match week, any other transfers you want to raise during this time? I know Juventus got uh, Charlie Alvarez, I believe, from Southampton. I think that's a pretty good signing in the midfield. Uh, Juve's been looking for a midfielder all window. That's that's really what they wanted. Um, too early to grade, but I think that's a good player they picked up. Yeah, I'll talk about league transfers in a minute. Uh, one more Roma thing to kind of wrap up is the Roma talk um, before before the transfer. Um, Smalling and Renato are in training. Uh, getting Smalling back would be huge, um, but we'll see if they're going to be in for Monday. Um, you know, I really don't care about Renato Sanchez anymore. If he can stay healthy, that's great, but I'm not. I'm holding my tongue. Uh, Zeki Chelik is a guy I hate um, a lot. Uh, apparently, according to Nico Shira, a very reputable serial reporter, um, he's one step away to Marseille. So uh, we'll see if they get that deal done. Uh, it might be a loan. Hopefully, it's permanent. But um, yeah, get him out. Um, I sent all the transfer stuff to you, so we could just scroll through one by one, um, offer opinions on it, and this will be it till uh, till June. Um, let's see. 
So, um, this is probably, yeah, okay. Uh, number one, nothing crazy. Moise Keane was supposed to go to Atletico, and then he failed his physical. Atletico decided that he didn't want, they didn't want to keep a guy who had, uh, he was going to be out till April, so he's back in Juventus and probably won't move. So Moise Keane stays at Juventus for now. Yeah, I mean, I've made it very well known on this podcast. I don't think he's good at all. Um, and, good. you know, maybe they would have got some Murata magic out of him, but this guy keeps failing from big club to big club. It's it's He's not very good at all. Um, Sharon Dorr went to Braga for PSG. He's a very promising time midfielder. Uh, we talked about this in June, um, and I said, I wish he could play. Um, I really hope he plays, and he played five games, so. Um, you know, there's that. <laughs> um, Juventus did get that midfielder uh, today on loan, but a buy option of 40 million. They said last night they wanted a midfielder. They got one. They also got. Um, we talked about this last week. They got Thiago Giallo. Um, Roma. Um, I forgot to talk about this. Roma rejected a former approach from Anderlecht for a talented 19-year-old left back Jan Oliveiras. I've never heard of him. Uh, but if um, Roma believe his potential is huge and he's a key part of the club plans for the present and future. Um, if he really is, I don't know why he's not playing, but that's that's besides the point. Uh, hopefully he gets a minute soon. And I believe Genoa got, uh, what's his name from Lyon? Um, Vitinha, Vitinha. I believe it's also a loan. Um, I believe you're sensing a pattern at this point, but a loan with a $25 million option to buy. So Genoa's cooking. I really like what Genoa's doing. Um, and Palatano extended at Napoli. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it too. Look, so with the new tax laws in Italy, it's going to be harder to bring in transfers. We'll see how the summer looks, but all these clubs had very little room to work with. Roma was definitely the busiest, followed by Genoa, who were also very busy in the window. Um, we'll see what tomorrow brings. We're not. We're definitely not doing an emergency podcast tomorrow. But if there is big news, we'll, we'll be sure to cover it next episode. Unless, yeah, unless like you know, um, Juventus go out and buy Killian Mbappe tomorrow. But or even if it's pretty big. But I don't think we're really gonna see too no. much in Syria. No, Honestly, the global transfer market's been pretty underwhelming this window. Yeah, it's definitely been one of the worst windows, but um, it's been one of Roma's best. I would say yeah. Baldanzi. <laughs> I mean, Baldanzi is like probably one of the biggest names that's moved this window or most expensive name. So it's been quiet globally. I think that there's just like not a lot of money in the market after last year and everyone's waiting to see what happens with the Saudi Super League here. Um, but let's get into the games from last weekend. So we'll start at the top of the table, as we always do. And this was two teams that went into the weekend in the top four. It was Inter and Fiorentina. Um, this was a very good game. I was able to catch some of it on Sunday afternoon. It did go up against the American football, but I had it on my phone. It was a pretty good game. Um, Lataro scored early, but then the rest of the game was classic Vincenzo XG domination, but no actual goal scoring. And this really does highlight the need for Belotti in this team. Um, they need someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and Zola was able to draw a penalty in the second half. I think this was a record for Syria. There were five missed penalties throughout the league this weekend. Uh, but Enzola did draw most a penalty by AC in Milan. the second half. Yeah, mostly by AC Milan, which we'll get into in a moment. But uh, Luca Beltran, I believe, was the one who missed the penalty. Uh, or No, it was Nico Gonzalez missed the penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the rest of the game was academic. I mean, Fiorentina made a ton of chances. This was a very good team effort by Fiorentina, but... 
the problem that always hurts this team hurt it again and they just weren't able to they weren't able to overcome the hump and now they're back kind of you know in that top four hunt but they're still chasing down the top four as they've moved down to six they have a game in hand over roma who sit fifth at the moment but they're still a little bit behind the pack and uh yeah they need someone who's gonna put the ball in the back of the net but they have no money so they have to get below t <laughs> Uh, they were supposed to, they were, they were, they were pushing for Gio Reyna, but he, uh, he went to Forest. Um, I unfortunately didn't nail the 4-3 prediction, uh, far from, um, they needed a striker. They tried playing Beltron at Cam, didn't work, uh, and Zola has been, um, I was very high on it because last year he got 13 goals this year. He has two in 21 games, so, uh, they definitely need a striker, and I think that's why they kind of pushed for Bilotti. Um, Summer was incredible, you know. Obviously saved the penalty, um, kind of stopped everything that came his way. Um, back three was good. Martinez did his thing. Vitesse um, played, but you know he doesn't he doesn't look great, unfortunately. Um, but Inter got the win, which was huge because Juventus drew. So now Inter have one more point with the game in hand, and uh, Fiorentina lost, which is big for Roma, um, but bad for our Fiorentina brand. That's right. And, you know, I, I hope they're able to put the ball in the back of the net for Fiorentina, but this team isn't going to be too serious until they're able to do that because they could have beat the league champions. They beat them on XG, they beat them on possession, um, or the team that's kind of slated to win the league at the moment. They probably should have won this game. They just blew it. So it's frustrating. It's hard to back Fiorentina too hard after that one because they blew this one. Um, next up, Juventus, to talk about them. We mentioned them in passing a couple times, but... They smoked their game in hand this week. They had a, or, you know, they had a, they are a game ahead of Inter in terms of the schedule. But, you know, as long as they keep winning, they were at the top of the table. They've handed it back to Inter with a 1-1 draw against Empoli. Uh, Milik was sent off for a red card. Not too controversial of a red card. I think he was just an idiot. I have always thought he was an idiot. Uh, Duskan Vlahovic was able to continue his scoring ways. I think that marks seven straight for Vlahovic with the goal. And then Baldanzi for Empoli closes the count there with the goal, and uh, they were able to hold on for the draw. I watched a lot of this game. I thought it was a very good contest. I thought Juventus was in – it didn't feel like the kind of game Juventus goes down a man and loses. They were too good defensively for that. But once Empoli was able to get that second goal, it was just kind of like, okay, we have no attacking threat because of the way Allegri has been running this team. And, uh, you know, one and two in the table right now is Inter on 21 games played, 54 points. Juventus on 22 games played with 53 points. It feels like one of Juventus's last really good shots to change this title race will come this weekend when they go to the San Siro to face Inter on Sunday. But Jake, I'll pass it over to you. Any thoughts on this Juve team and Feels like this is the this is the first step on their way to blowing the league here. Yeah, we uh we all know the saying, play Milik, uh, win stupid prizes. Um, I mean, just in, lost the game for them pretty much. Um, very idiotic red card by him. Um, it kind of cost them. Um, they just looked uninspiring all game. I don't know why Yildiz just didn't start. He's better in pretty much every aspect. Um, so. That was uh, pretty much a little little bit of a head-scratcher for me. Um, Moretti has not had a good performance in a really long time. Um, just hasn't had a good year. And um, Chesney tried to keep them in it as much as he could, but um, the difference was um, Tommaso Baldanzi, which uh, is now a Roma player, as, we, as we've mentioned. 
Hell yeah. Great goal, um, by the way. Great goal. Yeah, great goal. And, you know, this is the kind of thing, you know, it probably brought the price up a million for Empoli watching that, but it's that's the art of the deal, baby. Um, now and again to AC Milan sitting in third place. Um, throughout the season, Milan's biggest issue is they aren't able to move any closer to the top two, but they're also now moving closer to fourth and fifth. They're kind of locked in here at third. They've been on a good run of form. They had won four in a row before this one, uh, but they played Tiago Monta's Bologna, a team that's also kind of in that top four race. Uh, currently, you know, sitting on 33 points. This game was a 2-2 draw. I watched this game. This was a great game. Ruben Loftus-Cheek had a very good performance for Milan, scoring two goals. But, uh, you know, Moza's men never say die. Xerxes got a goal at the death. Uh, AC Milan probably should have scored four goals in this game, but Olivier Giroud and Tio Hernandez both missed penalty kicks. Uh, very frustrating for a Milan fan, but this is kind of the way things have been going under Pioli. Probably bring him closer to the sack, but, you know, he still has 10 points in his last five games. Can't get too mad at that. Um, just it's been a weird season for AC Milan. They feel like a team that any other year they'd be close to the top, but this is a year where Juventus and Inter, you know, both respectively lost one game all season. So they're not coming close here in the title race. Uh, yeah, I mean, Giroud had another cost game for them. He's done that pretty much a lot this year. Um, you know, Loftus-Cheek with the two goals, um, very good by him again. But um, Mignon struggled, and Bologna scrap a point here as they fall to eighth, but they do have the game in hand on Roma. Um, so we'll see what they do with that. But they have been in bad form lately. Uh, one win in the past five games for them. Uh, Milan's been in very good form for Drew, so it's tough for them, but um, they share the points. Yeah, Bologna definitely would have walked, liked to have walked out of here with the win as they would have locked them up in fourth place to end the week. Milan, the points really don't do much. They're well, currently seven points off. Yeah, seven points off Juventus and eight nine eight points off the top of the table with a game in hand over or one more game played than Inter. Struggling with my games uh, in hand tonight. Speaking of Milan, uh, this is exciting. Uh, Chaka Traore has left them on loan to join Palermo until the end of the season. I like Palermo. They're fun. So uh, Traore to Palermo on loan until the end of the season. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Uh, Sarnatana also got uh, Boateng, too. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Minor, minor but uh, fun. <laughs> yeah, that is fun. Uh, but then to take it in the team that ends the week in fourth, and they also have a game in hand on the table, Atalanta. Atalanta beats Udinese 2-0. Um, Skamaka came back, scored a goal. You know, we've talked about his talent numerous times on the podcast. He, he scores worldy goals every now and then. He had one for Italy a couple of months ago. But, you know, the star of the show, Jake's boy, CDK, DeCabale, he had two assists at the table for uh, Skamaka and Miranchuk. Pretty good game. You know, Gasparini's men are pretty well posed to finish in the top four here. Roma's still chasing them. Bologna's still chasing them. Lazio are still chasing them. But of all the teams that are kind of in the top four mix, this Atalanta group feels like the strongest. And I'd say CDK's performance is probably the key reason for that. Yeah, CDK's been outstanding this season. Um, On the season in all comps, he's got seven goals and seven assists in, um, in Serie A alone. Uh, he has three goals and six assists. He's been outstanding. Um, love to see it. Um, Adelanta will probably trigger that buy option because he fits for them so well. And good for Smaka getting his goal. 
Uh, Karnasecki uh, with another uh, start, and he looked good. Uh, Scalvini was good. I mean, all my brands just combining into one was uh, was a great watch. Um, Samardzik was good for Udinese, but they lose again. Uh, they're not in relegation yet, but they're pretty much right there. Um, they've got two wins this year um, and are kind of tied with Cagliari, but uh, they're in 17th right now. Uh, so five teams have 18 points, and uh, one team is 19. And then there's Leche, who we were so high on at the start of the year. They're in 14th and three points away from relegation, which is kind of crazy. But wait, I'm an idiot. It's only three teams of 18. It's Sarnatana with 12. They're absolutely getting relegated. Uh, Empoli is 17. Cagliari has 18. So those are the three relegation teams right now. And then Udinese has 18, and Hellas Verona has 18, and Sassuolo has 19. Yep, and Lecce, I mean, they've kept their great defensive record. They just, their offense is kind of dried up. It's terrible. Um, yeah, it's not good for them, but hey, they have a good defense. And, you know, as you go down the table, Sassuolo should have been performing a lot better than they have this year, even if they were taking a step back and losing for Teze. Frazinone has been a happy surprise towards the end of the table, but they still have been in the best form. Uh, Monza have tailed off a little bit. Genoa is starting to put things together. Torino has been okay, just to look at the bottom half. Like, you know, these are these are some good teams, but, like, not good teams, but for a relegation fight, there's not, like, one. There's only one team that's clearly going to get relegated, and I think the relegation battle is something we'll hone in on in the second half of the season as it gets tighter. Um, yeah, good good week for our brands. I mean, there's one or two more games to talk about here, but when we're talking about lower in the table, guys, Kolbani got a goal in um, in Monza's win last weekend, as well as Redigui got a goal in Genoa's win. So me and Jake are eating pretty good. Um, <laughs> hopefully Samardzik doesn't get relegated, but I, I was watching them play Milan the other week, and he's still rumored for a lot of these transfers Juventus are still interested, Napoli still interested, Inter still interested. Um, Udinese just doesn't want to sell, and now if they sell him, they'd have to they're spend gonna have the money to. real they quick. They're gonna if have they get to, relegated, they, get relegated. they have to, and if they barely stay up, they're going they to have to force the squad. They literally have to, but um, they're holding on for dear life here. Final game of the weekend, they called this one last week, that it's going to stink, and it stunk. Uh, Lazio played Napoli, and it was 0-0. Uh, nothing inspiring from anyone. This was a very boring game. I watched pretty much half of it at the gym before just like it wasn't like the kind of game where I turned it off because I was like, you know, oh, I have better things to do. I was just like, no, I'm just going to watch YouTube on my phone because this game's terrible. And it was a terrible game. Nothing really too impressive. I'd say Lazio had the momentum more or less. But, you know, this Napoli team's a mess right now. This Lazio team does not really care about the league. Um, and it's it's a mess. Uh, it's, it was zero zero. Nothing really happened, and uh, everyone wasted their time watching this one between two loser clubs. Guys, I was just joking. I didn't I didn't mean it for it to be this boring, and it was. Um, this was horrible. Two bad teams going at it. Zero zero. I I called it. I did, but I wasn't happy to call it because this was this was an an embarrassment. Um, they should all. They should both be relegated. Um, this is bad. And Napoli's president, I believe, extended his contract today. <laughs> yeah, send Lazio to the shadow realm. Um, they extended Politano. Um, apparently, they're working towards at the end of the year selling off Kivashelia and Oshiman. Um Yeah, that's smart. That's the only way I would kind of fix this to kind of get the money. But Zelensky is probably he, getting sold. Yeah, here's my last my question for you with this one: Is there any chance either of them go tomorrow? No. 
No. Yeah, I don't think there's really much. Osterman <laughs> will go in the summer, without a doubt. He's he's second bit. Yeah, he's he's very. He he, he extended, so that kept quiet for about two weeks, and then, um, and then he was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm out of here." He pulled the Lukaku. He went on an English language interview and just you know diced up the team, which, you know, he was in a very good good position with um with Spalletti, and they had one of the best coaches in the league. They had the best team in the league, and they just royally screwed it up in the summer. Rudy Garcia helped screw it up, but they also lost Kim and they also lost Spalletti. I mean, just a brutal, brutal year from Napoli. And then Lazio, you know, sorry, seems to have a foot out the door. And I'm happy watching their downfall, of course. But, like, you know, this team's also – what? Yeah. Sel Tati. Yeah, Sel is someone who deserves him. But it's just – it's a weird team without Malinkovic-Savic. They have guys like Wenduzi, guys like Felipe Anderson, guys like Pedro. Recognizable brand names, but – Kamada, too. Kamada, well, Kamada doesn't even play now. They don't like him. Yeah, he, he's now. bad. He he he's bad. He deserves not playing. Yeah, he's bad. Yeah, weird transfer, weird way. They they wasted the Malinkovic Savic money. It seems like as they kind of sit in sixth at the moment. Um, but that'll wrap up our match week there. Uh, quickly, team of the week, player of the week. I didn't really have an American of the week, uh, but you know, team of the week. I'm gonna give it to. Ooh, who would I give it to here? Uh Probably Atalanta. I think CDK. Yeah, I, I, I think he does the double here. Player of the week, and him alone might be the team of the week, but he gives it to Atalanta. Um, yeah. No, no. I'll give it to Retigui. Going on assist. Um, he's faced a lot of adversity this year, so it's good for him to kind of get back into it. So I'll give him my player of the week. American of the week. Wes probably was the um, – yeah, because Waya came off the bench was bad. Poli was bad. Um, I believe Busio scored, but I don't want to pick Busio every week. I really don't, so I'll go Wes. Yeah, I feel like I normally wind up picking Wes or Pulisic, so I'll go Wes here. Raina would have um, been so cool for the podcast. Yeah, it would have been, been the home run. That would have been the last he one He wouldn't have played, though. Where are you going to play him? They, they have, like, they have, they have midfielders, so, like, I don't know. They'd find a role for him, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you know, Vincenzo's a good coach, and even if he's coming off the bench, he'd have more of an opportunity there than Dortmund, where they have so many warm bodies ahead of him. But and he extended we, there. What an idiot. Exactly. It's He's having a weird career for himself. I was surprised he didn't go to La Liga. But, hey, uh, he goes to Not Forest to play with Matt Turner, who should also head to Syria. All of these guys should head to Syria. This is the place for you guys to thrive. Um, don't you get it, you dumb idiots who are chasing with money the, in the Premier League. The Serie B guys getting promoted, so we'll get we'll get a few more. And this yeah, summer, it's all I'm sure we'll get, I'm sure, this summer I'm sure we'll get more transfers, hopefully. And then when Allegri leaves, Burhalter coaches Juventus. <laughs> That's what we're getting now. Now, uh, Greg probably would never go to Italy. He's probably scared of foreign countries. Greg um, probably, sh- probably shouldn't work again. No, probably me. shouldn't. But uh, he's gonna coach the team in Copa America this summer. Yay! But we'll we'll have more USMNT <laughs> stuff as we get into it. Um, there's also gonna be an Italy team selection next month. We'll get into. Absolutely. But talking about the next week of games, um, there is the big one closing out the weekend. Well, no, the Roma game, of course, close out the weekend because they're Monday night Monday night Calcio over there. They're playing Cagliari. Uh, Jake, what's your prediction for this one? I'm gonna stay true to form. Two to one for Roma here. They're playing um, Cagliari. I'm going to go 3-0. Um, do you want to guess the lineup? Because it could be different. Yeah, no, I'm not 
No, no, no real guess. I mean, the only thing I'd say it's the same lineup, and then you just switch in, um, yeah, you sp- switch in um, Angelino for or for Christensen, and then you have Baldanzi on the bench to come on for Elsha around an hour mark. Yeah, um, I would guess. I think they'll go back to the four-three-two-one. I think it benefits them the most. I would put Zvilar in. Um, I would do Karsdorp and Angelino. Um, Mancini and Lorente with Bove, Paredes, Pellegrini. I think Paredes will get back in there. Daibala, Elsha, Lukaku, and then hopefully we get some Baldanzi minutes. And a goal. That'd be cool. Yeah, I bet he makes his debut in this game, but we'll see what happens. At home. I believe too, they're yeah. back in uh, training tomorrow, um, so we'll see how that goes. But running through the rest of the slate, uh, we start off with Lecce and Fiorentina. I'm going to go with Fiorentina wins 2-1 to one here, but I don't feel too good about them on the road. Hopefully Lecce wins. They're going to hate rooting against Fiorentina, but, you know, we have to get Champions League. So um, hopefully Lecce draws, but I think Fiorentina will win 2-0. Um, Lecce can score. The chicken man will score. He's he's gonna go on like a Luca Young. <laughs> Do you think he'll play? He, he might have to. I call Yeah, I think suspended. I think he might play. I think he might play. And he, I think he gets a goal. I think he's gonna find some form at Fiorentina <laughs> and they'll maybe buy him so on. Confident. I know. I feel no. It's like it's like when someone leaves the Mets and I know they're gonna do good at their next <laughs> team. Like that's that's the kind of feeling I've got right here. Um, maybe it'll be Javi Baez, but we'll see. Uh, next up, Frazanone plays AC Milan at the noon game. There's a couple of other games next Saturday that don't mean as much, but AC Milan, I think they beat up on Frazanone. I'm going to go with 3-2 here with the late comeback. Um, you know, they're on the road. They could easily lose this one or draw, but Frazanone has been good this year, but not good enough to beat Milan. Yeah, I got 2-0. Well, it's got a lot of injuries, but I think they'll overcome Frazanone. has been, um... Really bad lately. Um, again, one win the past five, three straight. Believe it's three straight. No, no, no. They drew one before that was three straight losses. So um, they're not good. They're fun. They'll stay up, but um, not great. Yeah, they've got some fun players. Um, you know, Bologna plays Sassuolo. Yeah. No real takes on this one. I hope Bologna loses. Nothing really. Yeah, there. I think it's some Berardi magic. Yeah, Napoli plays Hella or Hellas the weekend. <laughs> Maybe Kivashelia scores. I doubt it i don't know they're not fun to talk about um here we could there's two ways we could go about this and i'll let you pick your poison here we could either do the combined 11 for adelante lazio or we could do it for the big game of the weekend we've done the big game of the weekend before that's kind of the the hold up for combined events to be fun yeah so we'll do that um adelante might be lazio adelante might be better in every position i believe so too i think It it wouldn't be fair I think it's going to be 3-1 on Alanta. I'll give Blasio a pity goal. But, um, yeah, that should be a, ge- a fun game next Sunday because Gasparini plays a very progressive style. Sorry, also plays a progressive style. It's just going to be a lot better players on Alanta, hopefully wrecking apart this Lazio team. Um, For the Napoli game, I'm going another draw. Uh, Osman moved on, so I don't have a striker. Um, So I'm going 0-0 again. I'm, I'm going to shoot my shot again. I think Alanta went 4-0. CDK with three assists. Hell yeah, I'll go with one nothing on Napoli and just say they beat one of the worst teams in the league. 
Um, you would think, right? You would think. Like, you, you, you're not going to bet on it, but, like, you know, the team has too much quality. Some people. Uh, but next up, we go into the big in, big game, probably the biggest game of the season. We hyped this game up from the start. Um, at the San Siro, it's going to be Inter versus Juventus. Juventus coming in. Last time these two teams played, it was a 1-1 draw. It was a great match. This is the game of the season, 245 Sunday. Going to try to be seated for it. Uh, you know, Juventus is missing, obviously, Milik. Uh, they're missing. <laughs> I don't I don't want to say Fagioli and Pogba, but, you know, those two are kind of accounted for. Uh, Chiesa is doubtful for this game. Rabio is doubtful. The only player Inter is missing is Cuadrado. I think well, Inter takes the title. What's up? Cordrado hasn't played that guy all. No, he hasn't so. played for most of the year, but he's coming back from an Achilles tear. Um, I'm going to go with Inter winning the league. I'm going to go with 2 nothing, shooting my shot. Allegri is going to go fire hell and brimstone to tie this game, uh, but I think Inter are going to score a goal from Lautaro Martinez and a goal from uh, Marcus Taram to kind of lock up the league. Not quite lock up the league, but definitely take pole position going down the stretch here. Yeah, if Rabio, I know he's down, if he doesn't play, that's, that's a pretty big loss. Uh, it's Inter's home, so um, I'm going to go 3-1 Inter. Yeah, no, it should be. I, I hope there's goals in it. I don't think Juventus is scoring, but Vlahovic's hot right now. They might ride Yildiz, who's a hot hand, probably for the best if they can have Keane not in the squad or um, Milik obviously not being in the squad. I think those are guys that are kind of a waste of time up top, but we'll we'll see where they go. And now to kind of close out the pod here, we'll do our combined 11 of Inter and Juventus. We're going to run a 3-5-2 formation. Um, you know, this is how both teams like to run it. They both use wingbacks, very similar styles here. Um, Inzani is pretty much master of the formation that Allegri uh, was the previous master of. The two masters of this formation coming together with two of the best teams in the country, and it should be a great game. Recommend anyone who's listening to watch this one. But first off in the combined 11, goalkeeper, the matchup is Jan Sommer versus Borshak Chesney. Jake, I'll give you the first shot here. Yeah, this is uh this is a tough one. Um I think Summer's been the best goalkeeper in Serie A this year. Second is probably Chesney. Um I'll give it to Chesney. I, I think he's a big part of what I mean Summer is for Inter as well, but I think Juvent um Chesney is a huge part of what Juventus do, so I'll I'll edge it to Chesney. Um all right, and we'll draft the three center backs here. Um, so I'll take first dibs and I'll go Bastoni on Inter as my left center back. Uh, you know, best, you know, there are great options for center back for both teams, but this is currently the face of the Italian back line. And Bastoni has been a great player and one of the best players in the country and one of the best players for the Italian national team. I feel like that's an easy pick here. And Jake, I'll kick it over to you for the second pick here. Yeah, the best center back in Serie A, Bremer, is going in the middle. No explanation needed. Um, sensational center back. Yep, sensational Samson. Um, <laughs> talk about. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take the last pick here, and then I'll let Jake have the last pick for midfielders. Um, there's a lot of good directions to go here. Matteo Darmian's had a really good year. Francesco Cerbi has been incredible for Inter. Benji Pavard's been amazing. 
Basak probably has next. Uh, DeVruge hasn't been like a big part of their team this year, but he's still phenomenal. Then you look at, you know, you look at Juventus as Danilo has a great season. And then Federico Gatti has become a cult hero there where he's scoring goals, even if he makes pretty brutal mistakes. My pick is going to come from the Inter side. I'm kind of torn right now. Um, I'm going to give that last spot to a Kirby, uh, another Italian player here. You could make the case for Pavard, and you could make the case for Danilo, who's having a great season, but both of them don't have the same minutes that a Kirby does, so I'm going with the Kirby so far this year. Um, Yeah, it's a good call. Oh, it's always yeah. been him or Pavard. For me, it's really tight, him or Danilo. Uh, Gatti has a shout there, too, but that's fine. Um, next up, to go to the wingbacks. Left wing back, uh, we're going Caustic up against, um, what am I blanking at the moment? DeMarco. Caustic, yeah, against Federico DeMarco. Um, pretty easy call here. <laughs> yeah. Federico himself. Yeah, you go with DeMarco. Uh, right wing back was the comparison here. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, um, it, be, it is um... Dumfries up against, who Dumfries might get sold tomorrow. We'll see about that. Um, Cambiasso? Cambiasso? Yeah, I guess Cambiasso. I guess way. Uh, I would take Cambiasso. Everybody's class. I would take Cambiasso as well. So Cambiasso on the right, and then we'll draft midfielders. Jake, you get the first pick of the midfield. Um, there's so many good ones. I will take Colangelo, obviously, the top four in the world. Hell yeah, I'm happy we all reached that conclusion last episode. A um, lot of good options here. If I want to pick the, uh, there's some Homer picks I can make as well as you know, like obviously the two Italian guys on Inter I, I want to take. Um, not the biggest Locatelli fan, and honestly this guy I don't even like him that much. But at full fitness, I'm going Adrian Rabio as the second player off the board here. Yeah, um, I'll go Barella to finish it off. Yeah, Barella. I mean, Locatelli has a good shout for it. Um, I don't think he's a shoo-in. I think is a better player. Uh, Mkhitaryan's having a great season, and then David Forteze has just kind of been relegated to the bench. So yeah. it's tough, but I think that's a fair midfield. And then attack, the two in attack. Um, I'll go first here. I'll take Lataro Martinez, best, best attacker in the league this year. And Jake, I'll let you pick from the rest. Yeah, I'll go. Ooh, no, I'll go Vahovic. I was gonna go Tehran, but Vahovic just put a, put together a very good January. Uh, it has shut me up for sure. Yeah, he's on fire. I mean, Kiesa has a good shout. Tehran has a hasn't good play, shout. Hasn't played in a while. Hasn't played it's in a while. Kind of hard um, to pick him, yeah. It is, but we'll see. I mean, whenever Kiesa plays these classes, it's just getting full nineties out of him. That's kind of becoming a a tough mark for him. This kind of point of his career. Uh, we'll be monitoring the transfer market tomorrow as it closes out. But, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the week. Very excited for the game on Sunday. Uh, Liverpool also have a good game against Arsenal Sunday. I might be low-key more excited for the Inter match, but we'll see. Jake, any final closing thoughts here before we wrap the pod? No, I mean, uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, you know, a lot of good stuff happening around the league and in Roma, so it makes us happy to – we talk about it and bring it to you guys and hopefully we get another good week hopefully uh i get my nappy prediction right uh again because that looking back on it was very funny 
Yep. Um, I hope you get it as well. They stink right now. I'm, I'm not watching them at the gym this weekend. I'm going to try to watch. I'd rather watch, like, I, I've been watching old, like, Serie A games, and I've been watching old, like, Italy matches. I just watched, rewatched the Baggio game against Nigeria in 94. That's a strong recommendation if anyone hasn't seen it. But, you know, I'd, next time I see Lazio or Napoli playing, I'm not throwing it on. I'm just going to throw on something more fun <laughs> to watch. But without further ado, thank you guys for making it to the end here with us. Um, we really appreciate that you guys do make it to the end here. That's something I've noticed from our listeners, which makes you guys the best in the world. You can follow Jake on Twitter, uh, my wonderful co-host, at Prime Jakey. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Martin. You can follow the pod on Twitter, at Calcio is back. Really appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, see ya. Bye.